Welcome to a talk from St Saviour's Sunbury. We hope that it blesses you. So this morning we're going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's a passage that a lot of you are going to know really well. But just let it speak to you, maybe in a different way this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're starting at verse 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. So the body is not made up of one part, but of many. But if the foot should say... Because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. It would not, for any reason, stop being part of the body. And if the eye would say, or the ear would say, I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has replaced the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. Any more than the head can say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. But God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that all the parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. So what part of the body are you? Anybody feel like being a big toe this morning? I want to warn you, never Google big toes before breakfast. It um, it puts you right off your breakfast. Are you a big toe? Because big toes, they're a bit weird. We don't really need them, do we? Yes, you think we do? Okay, I'm going to ask this, but I don't really want to. Has anybody had their big toe amputated here? No? No? No, my nan did just before she died. She had to completely learn how to walk again. You take it away, you just think it's this small thing on the end of your foot and it won't make a difference. But it totally makes a difference. And big toes, well, they're not the most presentable things, are they? They're, they're nice. Generally, ladies put nail varnish on them. But men, very often, we don't really want to see them. And sometimes we feel a bit like that, don't we? That we feel we're not worth seeing. 
that we're not worth doing anything, that we're not part of anything. We're just a big toe. Or maybe we're the appendix that got taken out and thrown away and nobody misses it. Or the gallbladder. Or the tonsils. Or any one of the 12 other body parts that apparently we no longer need. Again, don't Google that before breakfast. We are the body of, the, of Christ. And each one of us is needed. That's what it says in our Bible reading. And this is what one commentator says. Can we put the quote up? It's the second slide, Michael. I'll try and keep my slides in the right order. We'll get there eventually. We welcome all people through... Oh, no, that's our values. Forget that. It's the third slide. The commentator says, believers are in the world together. There is no such thing as individualistic Christianity. Each one of us needs to get involved in the lives of others and not just enjoy our own relationship with God. So that's our value. And then the next slide, Michael, please. That's that quote. We are an individualistic people, aren't we? Maybe those of you that are older, less so. Those of you that went through the war. Those of you that lived through difficult times. But very often today, it's all about us. It's all about what we're good at, what we feel. It's about us. How would it be if we made things about other people? How would our church be different? How would our lives be different if we made our lives about others? How many of you were in on Christmas morning? Oh. Okay. Do you remember this? Yes. So those of you that weren't in on Christmas morning, um, you're going to have to find somebody and explain. We looked at how gifts, how the gifts that Jesus was given were symbolic of his role. And I offered some gifts to members of our congregation to see what that was symbolic of. Now we'll see if anybody can either remember or guess let me just say that three of these gifts were contentious and they were fought over or not. One of them, however, was, was really not wanted. Well, it was, it was wanted by the person for whom it was for. So let me start with the blue square. That is a stationary set. Who, uses, who would need that in our church? Who uses that in our church? Jenny, Jenny Welch, yes. And, and Jenny grasped that stationary set and she wanted it. She owned it as her own. Uh, the next thing is a jelly baby. Uh, it was actually a money box. Uh, anybody remember who, whose gift that was? Richard Stead, did he want it? No. Our treasurer, Richard Stead, decided he didn't want the money box. I, I think, Rick's. did you end up with it? No, I don't know who ended up with it. But it was, you know, our treasure. He gives his time uh, in that. Uh, the next thing is a, is a cushion. It says, blame it on the dog, and it's a sprout. And, and this was to represent somebody's sense of humor. Who do you think this was for? Matt Brimble. It was for Matt Brimble. Now, Matt wasn't there, so Rick's had to be Matt. He, he didn't wear Matt's all-in-one onesie either, unfortunately. But there was stiff competition for this gift. And Richard Stead ended up taking it home because Rick's didn't fight hard enough. It's far too nice and giving is Rick's sometimes. 
And the gift on the end was a bag of bulbs. Who was that for? It was for Rani, but Billu took it home, yeah. He didn't want the hammer that I bought for him, the toy set. He wanted the bag of bulbs, which was okay because I had two bag of bulbs. I had one and we, and we gave that to Rani. Rani was representing our gardening team. Now, how could I do that on Christmas morning? I could do that and I could give gifts to the right people because I watch them. I know what they're doing. Not in a nasty way, but because they're here. Because they give their time for others. Because they say, we are part of the body, and this is what I want to do. Now, I could have gone on all morning for gifts, and I did stick to the people that I knew would be in church um, on Christmas morning. But how much do we give? Let's have the next slide. So how are you part of this community? I'm, I'm not going to win. I was going to um, embarrass one person, but they really didn't want to come up. We've had one new member of our community who, who joined us about eight months ago. Eight months ago, nine months ago. She's not looking at me. Nod at me or shake your head. No. Um, and on week one, she said, what can I do? And she joined the gardening team and she joined this team and she joined that team. When you go to somebody else's house, are you the person that does the washing up? Because that's how I reckon that you're really part of a community when you do things like this. Now, though there aren't many people in life who love the washing up. I know there might be one or two. I think there's certainly a few people who are hide from the, the conversation by doing the washing up. But most other people do it because it needs doing. Because they want to be part of something. So do you roll your sleeves up and get on with it? Are you thinking about others? Or are you thinking about yourself? And I don't want this, and I know this could sound like I'm really having a go. But I want to do this from the perspective of you've all got stuff you can do. You are gifted people, all of you, whether you choose to believe it or not. And we need you. So this is my plea. And I think it would be the plea on behalf of the wardens who are here during the interregnum and, and lots of other people who could spend seven days a week here. We need you. We cannot do this on our own. The paid staff can't do it. The volunteers can't do it. Our community, all these other people, we can't do it. We need you. So how are you going to be part of it? Maybe you're the next one. I've got a special plea for chair movers. And movers in general, basically. Because Nisha's hurt her back through moving chairs in this church. By moving these threes that shouldn't be really lifted by one person on their own. Because nobody else will do it. Guilt trip over. But it's real. There are people, many people, and I'm not going to single them all out by name, who do stuff just because it needs doing. And there's others that will sit there and say, oh, it's very good that you're doing that. Could you just pick something up for a change? 
We had two people on welcome team this morning to move 300 chairs. Please, we need you. You are here to make a difference. So which part are you? Ian, we're short of time. I'm going to skip your little bit. Is that all right? How are you making a difference? On to the next one, Michael. So which part are you? Are you a heart? Do you love... I must say, I love Amy's jumper this morning. Could you just stand up and, and do a twirl? Look, isn't that a brilliant jumper? Are you a heart? Are you on our pastoral team? Are you caring for people? Are you the feet? Or are you a mouth? is being very good. It's a good job Mike Brimble isn't here. We'd have a comment at that point, wouldn't we? But how are you using these different parts? Let's do the next slide. So if you are a foot, there are different ways you could be a foot, couldn't you? So maybe you're a dancer with your foot. You, the things you love to do. I'm a foot and I love to do this and I'm going out to do it. Maybe your feet do what you think needs doing or must be done and you use your feet to get to work. Or are you a foot who goes out and does a race for life for others that you're giving for them? You're still a foot, but you're doing in different ways. Or the next one. For those of you that love to talk, can't really look at myself. Are you a talker in that top corner, that's supposed to be meeting with friends. She got, I love to chat. I'm going to go and catch up with Nisha, and I'm going to talk to Stuart, and I might even talk to my husband on a good day. Well, maybe no. Maybe that's in the next category. Um, I'll go and talk to my friends. So at the end of the service, I'll stand around and I'll talk to my friends. Or are you like the town crier, which uh, is probably me a lot of the time. Just go there, do that, and get on with it. Very good at pointing out instructions. Actually, that's the middle one. And then the bottom one, the town crier who goes out and gives the good news. As somebody that talks, do you share the gospel? Do you tell people what we're here for? Are you an evangelist at heart? I want to play you a very, just part of the next video, Michael. We're going to stop it after about a minute if we can get it to work. Because when I was thinking about parts, the things that came to me were parts in music, parts in a choir or parts in an orchestra. So we're just going to play a little bit. Now, what you're seeing on the screen is um, a conductor's copy of music. So each line represents one instrument. And just listen and just watch what happens. About a minute, Michael, I'll wave at you when we stop.
Okay, thanks, Michael. Do you get the message? If you play just the top line, you'll notice there are, there are white dots. Now, that's when you're playing, for those of you that are not instrumentalists or singers. And the white bits are when you're quiet. Now, if I played you one line, there would be lots of quiet. And it's only when you've got all the other lines together that you get the sound, that you get the story. And that's what I want to suggest we're like as a church. If I stand up here and chalk, you get one line. And it's probably quite boring and it can be quite repetitive. Because if you're on a double bass, you'd be going boom, 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 sort of yeah, all the time. I could do that for the next 15 minutes, couldn't I? Yeah, is that about right? <laughs> and it's really boring. And it's only when those, you know, that top note goes in the boop-a-dum, and it suddenly becomes really interesting. And as a church, we don't want to be boring. We don't want to be getting away with it. We want to have all the twiddly bits. We want to have the big bits. And we only do that if everybody is playing. And there are times when those bass notes at the bottom, the bump, 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 because I can't do a... I need a better... Could you do a better bass instrument? No. They must get bored. I'm looking at my husband because he's a brass player. I'm sure there are times in pieces when you, all you've done is that all the way through, isn't it? That all you've done through two and a half minutes is puff, 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 with no twiddly bits, no nothing else. But without him doing that incessantly, the rest of it wouldn't sound anything. And then there are another days where he gets to do the twiddly bits, maybe because he's changed instruments or his bit gets apart. Do the bottom bit. But we have to do it together. We are the body of Christ. Each one of us plays a part. So as you reflect this week, as we come into a time of reflection, of prayer, and then into communion, think about what part are you playing? What do you need to be doing to make sure that this church is an amazing symphony, not just a boring bump, bump? For more information about St. Saviour's, please visit our website at www.stsaviourssunbury.org.uk.